and welcome to the podcast, The Things That Shape Us. In this conversation with Colleen, we covered so many topics, crypto, the problems with data sets that are used to train bots and other tech, uh, trends in tech communities, working in startups, using machine learning and synths to have music that's created by software, and more. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So, um, you want to go ahead and give a little quick self-intro, whatever you're up for saying? Okay. Hi, I'm Colleen. I'm a software engineer from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm the founder of The Bot Lab, a project which aims to help developers at all stages of their career learn about automation and bots from a full stack point of view. Awesome. My wife and I actually met in New Orleans. Neither one of us lived there at the time. Yeah, we were living on opposite ends of Texas and went to a church conference and met there only for about a half hour but kept in touch and then <laughs> it turned That's into awesome. marriage so yeah, yeah. So there's we, always the louisiana connection always <laughs> yeah yeah so we, we we never did make it back there while we were living stateside but we we're been saying one of these days we're going to go back there just the two mm-hmm. of us well we'd like to take kids also but at one point go back for like an anniversary trip or something and just kind of enjoy the city again nice yeah no it's it's great well i, I recommend coming after COVID if possible <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. a good suggestion. <laughs> so you're originally from that area? Yeah, I grew up out here. Um, my dad plays music out here. He has he's been here for what forty years now. So yeah, this Louisiana, New Orleans, born and bred. So. That's awesome. And it seems like mm-hmm. music is really um, just really ingrained into the culture of the city. Is that oh, is that fair? Yeah, oh yeah, it's everywhere. It's everything. <laughs> Like whenever we don't get to do our festivals, you can feel it. There's a there's a feel and a vibe throughout the whole city where everybody dis- is disappointed. Like COVID really hurt the morale of the city, okay. like, like like to an extreme degree because we weren't able to have Jazz Fest. We're going to tentatively have a Mardi Gras this year and we'll see how all that goes. Right. Yeah. So you said your dad's been a musician for 40 years, is it? Yeah, basically his whole life. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. Are, are you a uh, musician also? I was. I played piano whenever I was younger. He's a keyboardist by profession and a vocalist. Okay. I, uh, I played piano. I really went the classical route and then kind of got out of it. And then my art turned into sculpting and drawing and then the more visual arts and then with graphic design, which led me deeper into programming and everything else. Okay. I know you program with Python. Is that your, was that your entry point into it or did you start with something else? No, no. I started in C. Okay. (laughs) So I started, I I started with the hard stuff. I started with (laughs) C. I worked in Java and then uh, C sharp.net. And then, then I started getting deeper into web development when we needed to. It wasn't because like I was specifically searching out a WordPress job, but that I was, we needed to build websites for the products that we were making. So I had to learn front-end design and front-end uh, frameworks and everything like that back then. And now it's kind of my bread and butter. Uh, although I am getting deeper into the systems architecture and an OOP of Python and building products that way. It's where okay. I'm, I'm shifting back towards towards the the programming side of it where you're actually building programs themselves okay 
Have you enjoyed that transition back to doing that? Yeah, I prefer it, to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I like web development. I like the, the art side of it because it's, you know, I'm a visual artist, but I also... I don't like the the peddling for jobs on Upwork <laughs> or right. or you know I don't like that side of the hustle. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to get back to building things that people will buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I did um I did like two thirds of a master's in advanced computer science. So for that, they use Python as an intro. And then mm-hmm. at the time, I had no interest in web development, like, you know, use websites, but I didn't think I'd be interested in doing anything. Right. With them. And then we had the web tech model, so web tech and uh, technologies and security. Uh, and then uh, the guy who taught that, like, he prefers web because he's like, you get immediate feedback. And then once I started doing it, I was like, actually, I do kind of look like the, like the fact that you can actually see pretty quickly right. what's going on. Um, I still like doing other, haven't done as much yet with other types of software. Like I want to get back into Python and maybe learn some, go back to some of the other languages and do some right. actual applications. But I do like that about web development. I can actually see something happen, whereas yes. with other stuff, something that takes yeah, a I really like the 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 infrastructure that's grown up around it, especially with like a code pen, because I can mm. go in there and just start banging out some CSS and I can see exactly what it's going to be, you know, and it's, yeah. it's instantaneous. Yeah. And that's kind of also the whole idea that I had behind BotLab because people who want to get into programming at a higher level, you know, they, it's not instantaneous unless you're dealing with something that's automated. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like that you can use Replit or you, from your own server if you want, and you can edit the code, run it, rerun it, and you can see how it changes and see what you get out of it. And it, you can get more and more developed into it too, because you can set up APIs that web scrape and then give you the output right in front of you. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's going to, maybe we'll we'll have a transition where it's not all web-based and more programming gets back into the actual application building part of it. And that's okay. what I want to see happen because everything is inundated now with web development. Boot camps mm-hmm. are all web development, all of them. <laughs> right. And, yeah, yeah. and it's not, that's not a bad entry point, but it's not the only one. And I think it scares mm-hmm. away early developers from programming into applications, you know, and actually getting deeper into computer science. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think maybe especially for people if they're um, if they're getting a lot of information from, say, Twitter, which is, you know, there's a great tech Twitter community on there, but you do mm-hmm. see a lot more stuff about web development, oh, yeah. especially JavaScript. Sometimes you'll see Python thrown in, but it, it, it tends to be very focused on specific languages. And, and they have very s- strong opinions. Very strong <laughs> opinions, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, there's some great aspects to it. Like, I've really enjoyed getting, in, I kind of discovered the community by accident, and, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but then you do have to be careful, which for me, yeah. like, I've, I've worked in other stuff for like, you know, I've been in the workforce for like 20 years, so I can like kind of just brush off the noise, but I can see how that could be challenging for it's someone. A- I really like I feel bad for the people that I know that are just coming into it because I've been in tech for so long and I was in it before there was tech Twitter is what it is now. Like now it it's turned into kind of this mishmash between cybersecurity and hustle culture and people who just want to learn. Right. And before we didn't have much of the hustle culture stuff going on. And it oh, was a lot more just learning and people sharing knowledge and, hey, look at this thing I built. And 
And it's like, I kind of, I kind of miss that, I guess. And that's kind yeah. of the, the idea of why I'm trying to interject some stuff into the culture. That's not just, Hey, buy my book, you know, <laughs> and, and <laughs> right. not that that's bad. I'm not, you know, hating, but that's kind of what it seems to be every time I go to Twitter these days is buy my book. And I'm like, I don't need your book because it's basic. It's all the same stuff that you can get for free elsewhere. Right. You know, so, I mean, I guess thanks for tabulating it, but, you know, that's just my interpretation of it. I'm probably going to get hate for that, but sorry, guys. <laughs> well, no, I yeah. think every every platform has their pluses and downsides. Like I said, the community aspect can be really great because, you know, I've made lots of connections on there, which has been great. But yeah, some, uh, especially the gatekeeping, the gatekeeping bothers me, which I, I try to avoid yeah. it. But some people are like, oh, if you don't do this, you're not really a developer. I'm like, oh. I'm like, like I, it kills yeah. me when I see that. It kills me. It's uh the the two the weird like oh you can only learn React, right? Yeah. And I'm like that freaks me out to an extreme degree because I've worked on so many projects where I'm like, dude, you would get fired immediately if you were the guy who said that I'm only working in this. I will never work in anything else. And I'm like. If you're working in a full development project, especially with a small team, you're going to touch everything. Right. You're, going, you're going to touch web development. You're going to touch Java. You're going to touch whatever that is in that project. Every yeah. voice matters in those. And it's like, that's why I, it's, it's weirdly opinionated from people who I get the impression don't have a whole lot of practical experience. <laughs> and... Right. <laughs> Like that's the, that's my critique of tech Twitter's, whatever's going on with it now. Like, anyway, like I said, I know I'll probably get hate for that, but oh well, I got opinions too. <laughs> yeah, we all have opinions. <laughs> and then, uh, see, I'll, I'll get hate for this one for not jumping on the bandwagon possibly, but like right now, more recently, like the big trending thing has been the whole web three thing, which I've yeah. looked into As a tiny a bit and I'm like, okay, there's some interesting things there, but that, that's not what I'm interested in now. Um, but sometimes it gets so hyped yeah. up like, oh, you have to do this. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to no, do that right now. You don't really have to. <laughs> no, it's the, here's the thing with web three, some of that stuff will probably live on, but it's mm. going to, but a bunch of it's just going to go away. Like it's going to be hype, hype, hype. Hey, this new thing, look, it's over here. And you got to learn it because if you want a job, but only some of it's probably going to make it through to be a steady, constant thing that we use. And we don't even know what that's going to be yet. I work in crypto and I'm going to, I'm a crypto skeptic because like, I worked in crypto. I was a crypto dev and okay. I don't do that anymore for a reason. <laughs> so it's, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm very skeptical. I don't understand. It's again, that, that like react, you have to learn react, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Web3. I'm like, you guys can read docs. You don't have to learn these things to 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, that's nobody does. Like, you yeah. can see the seniors in tech Twitter and other parts of the internet where there's like, guys, nobody knows this stuff to 100%. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> like, you have to still Google. Yeah. So it's like obsessively learning to 100% on all of these things to quote master it. Like there's no mastering. You just build, just keep building. And right. you know, that's the that's the really weird culture thing I find on Web3. And also the other thing is too, the people who are shilling it, they got bags they're trying to sell, dude. <laughs> like that's the whole point. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like they're trying to offload that stuff and they know to offload that stuff. They have to integrate more people into their community so they can sell and go buy that Lambo. Yeah. You know, that was the whole motivation of that, you know, yeah. because it's the stock market, but digital. Yeah, um, exactly. You need but, people to buy it. Yeah. And it seems to be, a. I mean, I'm sure it happens in other industries too, but I haven't, you know, worked in the industry, this industry per se, but like listening to, so like Agile, for example, I've listened to some talks by uh, Alan Holub and he talks about, you know, it started as a set of values. It wasn't intended to be like a methodology, right. but then right. you had people come along who wanted yeah. to sell a methodology. And yeah. in order to sell that, they had to convince you that this was the way to do it. Yes. And a yes. lot of them were successful. Exactly. So that's like, per, you know, it's permeated through a lot of companies in the industry. Yeah. Are like actually that's not what agile is and now they're yeah. having to reframe it because the words kind of gotten hijacked right. almost it's a it's we cultify it all mm. like you know it's it's weird and interesting and th th there could probably be a book written about the cultifying of technology in the tech industry <laughs> Oh, and, that sounds like an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> I would is. read that. <laughs> I know. It, it is. It would be really interesting. I've thought about writing a couple of books. That's, uh, that's that one along with the, uh, the, the crypto experience. Right. Uh, Speaking of crypto again, I'm just curious, have you come across anything by uh, James Mickens? He's got a few talks out there, but he, he seems to be a kind of on I, the crypto skeptic side. I have watched some of his stuff. Um, you know, I think that he's got some pretty good points, but it's like my skepticism comes directly from working in it. Okay. You know, I was down in the dirty of it, like big time. And, right. you know, we, I did everything from marketing to actual development of coins. Like I okay. made coins, shit coins at that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I did, I made shit coins and we, we shilled that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, Everybody was infected with it, the FOMO, the, you know, we're, oh, this is going to be it this time, man, we're going to be able to make this thing and we'll never have to work again. And, right. but it's like, nah, we're all, we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to the people that we're selling this shit to. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's, I just, I, I washed my hands of it. I, I am mature enough to say that my mind can be changed. But as it stands right now, I am a solid crypto skeptic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, some of his stuff caught my eye. Because, you know, like I have, I think I have an understanding of broadly of how the topic works. But some of the stuff I've seen by him, he says how really uh, some people are trying to apply. They're like throwing, hey, let's do this on the blockchain. And like, he's like, some of this stuff is like, you can't even do it on the blockchain. You You're just like, it, yeah. that doesn't, that's not even the right use case. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. But, uh, like real talk. I had a founder that I worked for in a startup. Um, he, uh, he, he wanted to put video directly onto the blockchain. And at this time I was the COO and I had gotten our senior developer together. And I'm like, look, he doesn't understand. Like we have to like, sit him down and explain to him how this actually works and how much space is actually on the blockchain. Like it's not like each block is not, you know, gigabytes worth of data that you can shove in there. Right. And, and it's like, there's a big misunderstanding of what it is. It's a ledger. That's really all it is. It's a right. ledger that, that keeps track of everything. And there's consensus amongst the several computers that hold the same ledger. Right. They all make sure and check it off that, yes, this is correct. That mm -hmm. is all it is. Right. And 
we've we've managed to cultify it and turn it into something else. It's uh, you know, I, I do think that we will see the technology used, you know, throughout time. Like this, it's going to stick around. Right. But I don't think it's gonna replace the dollar. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna be the great groundbreaking thing that that these these shills say it's gonna be because right. we already have better technology than what they're proposing that's cheaper and better for the environment and works. Right. Whereas the blockchain, it, it actually doesn't always work and it can be mm. hacked. So Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about because I know along with the Web three, there's been one of the things that gets talked about a lot is how it's supposed to be so secure, and I'm like, I mean, we've had all sorts of systems because uh, you know I used to work in the military and uh, have some knowledge of other sorts of systems. Like, there's thing like there's a limit to security. Sometimes the security yeah. just means it's secure long enough so you can do what you got to do before someone gets that information. But Bingo. like, I remember yeah. friends would be like. Every system can be hacked. It's just a matter of how long. And things that are really secure means you don't get hacked until after you've done what you need to do. Yeah, the community seems to default into blaming it all on the user, which I'm not going to lie. A lot of you know security issues are user issues. You know, yeah. you, you messed up somewhere along the chain. But it's the thing is, it's like like with PayPal. Like I'm protected with my PayPal account. PayPal mm. protects me. If right. somebody jacks into my stuff, messes it up, PayPal fixes it. You right. know, Chase, same deal. Somebody steals my ID, starts charging for iPhone stuff. All I got to do is say, hey, I don't own an iPhone. <laughs> They'll go, oh, we'll fix that for you. And boom, it's fixed. Right. <laughs> you know, if your stuff gets hacked on Bitcoin, you're screwed. That's just all there is to it. Right. There's, There's no, no undoing that. Your money's gone. Um, very sorry. Play again, maybe. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah. You know? So it's like, it's not, it's no system is completely secure. Yeah. And and I do think that that's one of the lies of the communities that there's telling people that it's secure. I just saw like two nights ago, somebody had their NFTs stolen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. Like it's, you know, I, I think it's, people don't want to see the bad because they're too heavily invested monetarily in it. Right. And so that's what it is, I think. Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. It can be a challenging thing. I was watching something a while ago. It was actually on physical security, and he was just showing examples because their company, all they do is like they go into different mm -hmm. organizations. So he's basically showing how easy it is, like apartment complexes or even places that have some sort of measure to control access. Um, all basically how easy it is for them to get into all sorts of places. They just know a few tricks. Yeah. And he was like, you know, security is usually just a feeling. Usually someone's selling you security, they're selling you a feeling because there's yeah. limitations to all these things. Um, but yeah, it's not always the most pleasant thing yeah, that's to really be aware true. of. You know, a lot of it's theater, you mm. know, it's, you know, I, I forget. Somebody did coin the term security theater applying to like the TSA. You know, uh, okay. you know, and how it doesn't actually secure anything, but it sure makes you feel like you got to go through a process. They're going to catch something occasionally, right? right? And the amount of stuff that actually slips through, oops, is kind oh, of yeah. shocking and a little scary, but also a little reassuring to know that humans will walk on board with airplanes with giant knives and not just, you know, kill everybody. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's, you know, yay humanity, I guess. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Ah, cool. But. 
So yeah, going back to the music, obviously it's played a, a huge role in your life. So I'm I'm guessing that was a part of uh, a big part of like family life also, is that right? Oh yeah, big time. Like it still is. Yeah. Like like we're uh right now we've got a, a giant analog synthesizer system that we're building. And oh sweet. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And we're going to probably into eventually integrate that into machine learning and some projects down the line oh, and okay. yeah because there's some some interesting stuff coming out of google like i don't know if you've ever heard of the nsynth and it's mm. running off of uh, machine learning technology and it's really cool it makes its own it makes sounds that you can't make out of analog synth or standard digital synth okay it's, okay it's very fascinating and it's an interesting field that's that's growing and i think we could probably make some pretty cool stuff with it so okay. that's one of the that's one way that that's still interacting with my life awesome. <laughs> but man i don't really play anymore i do listen um but it's played i think it was found in my development early on on in life and and i do think that kind of that helped it's uh right. i actually sat down at the piano two nights ago and i still remembered some of it oh, okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i haven't played since i was probably eight so and i'm 30 oh, wow. now so <laughs> oh that's impressive good job yeah, yeah I, I was impressed i was like if <laughs> i still know how to do this. right yeah i actually started with piano lessons when i was 13 um took lessons for like six months i really wanted to do guitar but mom had asked other friends and like oh piano's a really good one to start with which i can actually see the value of it now um but guitar is what i really wanted so then a buddy helped me start learning and then once i started playing guitar forgot about the piano didn't want to play it anymore <laughs> uh, yeah we uh we do the piano thing and the guitar thing and the synth thing here and it's uh we have an extensive collection of guitars and piano equipment and controllers for for all of that and it's it, it's really interesting how how much that has helped my own development as a developer and allowed me to be in touch with technology okay. because as a keyboardist he has always had to stay on top of it all like okay. he he was the dad who knew how to work the computer okay, <laughs> right right you know, and I mean, we and because of that, and because of his own interest in it, it has allowed me to have access to technology at a really young age, where so several of my peers didn't. Like we grew, I grew up with you know IBM's and computers in the house, and, okay, and Apple ones and and all of that stuff. So that really, that definitely helped by giving me the early exposure to it. Like we even had those. You remember the the printout magazines with the code in it. And you had to like line by line print type in the code to make the program run. We even had friends who had those. those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what those were called, but we had some of those. I remember that I would, I would tell him the the line and he would type it in. And then, okay, and then of cool. course it wouldn't be exactly right. So we'd have to go back and debug. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, bonding moments, debugging. <laughs> Now that so I, I didn't start learning the program. I've done others. So like in the army, I worked on radars, and I've always had an interest in like hardware type stuff. But I didn't start getting into software until I did the MS. Sort of did most of the MSc, and I was I was thirty eight when I started learning the code. So before that, I was just very much a user and right. never thought about the software aspect of it. Yeah. 
I, uh, I mean, my first time coding officially, we'll say officially first time coding was probably around 13, 14. Okay. And I was screwing around on the internet doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, so I was doing that. I was, you know, I was a script kitty in the very beginning and right. trying to trying to make my games do things that they weren't supposed to do. And that's really where I started. And I started with like C and then I moved okay. into whatever I needed to learn to be able to make my thing work. Oh, that's <laughs> so awesome. It's I'm not too I'm not like uh, I'm very code agnostic. It's whatever mm. is required to get my results that's what yeah. I'll go for. So because of that, I touch a lot of different subjects, a lot of different parts of computer science and deploying okay. and all of that. Okay. And there's so many cool areas to draw from too, right? So why would you, yes. why would you limit yourself? <laughs> right. I'm like, why, why are you just staying with this? There's so many cool things over here. <laughs> We've got all the fun toys, play with them all. <laughs> and well, it's like, it's weird too, because like I said, they all integrate with each other. They talk to each other, whether through API or direct, you know, interface. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting how people will stick themselves into the one thing. Right. You know? Like, I'm not going to learn anything other than this. I'm like, man, it's sad. It's like, there's other things out there, dude. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm kind of curious, how long have you been uh, using Python? Python, four years now, approximately. Okay. Okay. Give or take. But I, um, I really liked it when I picked it up. I was like, oh, man, this is what everything should have been. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Now that I'm picking up Julia, though, now I'm like, oh, man, this is what Python should have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used so, that one yet. Yeah, I, I, I pick things up and I get really excited about it. I'm like, oh, this is my new favorite thing. It's my new toy. And right. It's like, like right now I'm even like looking at how I can integrate Julia into our bots. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, yes, there's a wrapper for that. Yeah. So there <laughs> will be a Julia bot probably within the next week or two. <laughs> uh -huh, cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah my problem is i see so many interesting things and i want to try them all but i'm like i try to rein myself in because i'm like okay i have other things yeah. like I have responsibilities that i have to do yeah, so like there's limited time for <laughs> yeah yeah well responsibilities are what have led me to to learn more and more web development and and understanding all of that and like whenever COVID hit, mm -hmm. I was actually not working in tech. I was on a big time sabbatical resign after leaving crypto. And oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and for the later half of 2019, like October on, I, mm -hmm. uh, I had left and I was working uh, in the bar again as a bartender. Okay. And then, yeah, I was like, I needed a break. I, I took a good break. And then COVID hit. And I was back into tech by March. So I, I had a I had a little short break. <laughs> That's a, but it's, you know, I, I kind of in a way it worked out because it allowed me to, you know, learn WordPress, learn all of the extra stuff for for front end development that mm -hmm. I would need for now because everything is front end right now like right. everything it's yeah. that that's where because you've got so many new people coming in who don't know how any of it works and they need a website or they need you to fix this little tiny thing and they'll pay right. for it so yeah that's a good point yeah um like it's amazing how many people simply just need you to change things in the footer 
like, mm. or, or, or just add a phone number. Right. And it's like, okay, I got you, honey. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my PayPal account. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you're doing yeah. it like on a, a freelance basis now? Or? Yeah, I'm straight yeah. freelance right now. Although, okay. you know, I mean, I'm trying to get BotLab up and running. Like that's going to grow into, um, I think what's going to end up happening from my own research and my own experimentation, I'm going to have to build my own packages and API to make this work the way mm-hmm. that I want it to. Right. <laughs> and I'm probably going to end up um, selling that out as you know something that can be purchased on a subscription basis for premiums but have a free tier for everybody who wants to play with it okay and and so hopefully that will you know pull me out of the web dev specifically world and back into you know creating application world right cool cool so yeah you mentioned the when we were chatting on twitter you mentioned the project that you were doing with your dad was it the the synth thing that you mentioned earlier or was there yeah we're going to be uh doing the in synth thing which is going to be a specific hardware like I, it's going to be a raspberry pi based system okay. where he's going to have a synth controller that he's going to be able to analog uh, manipulate and then what i want to do is create a program a lot like deep jazz. Have you heard of deep jazz? I've heard of it. I don't, I okay. it uses um, Kiris and Fino and music 21 to create uh, uh, machine learning created music. So it's completely machine created music and, oh, okay. and jazz specifically. Right. And I want to use a system like that on, but using data sets from the synth. So basically okay. human manipulated machine learning taking machine learning data sets to create something interesting right. kind of like recursion with, <laughs> with analog <laughs> right cool cool a fun experiment that i want to play with because i like experimenting with things like this um and we'll see how it goes you know dad's setting up his own his own little thing with the analogs and he might end up integrating it maybe so okay. we'll see Cool. That's a, that's the main thing. Have you seen um, the Google blob experiment? I don't think I've seen, I haven't been keeping up too much with Google lately. I highly recommend just checking it out. It's fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's just a web page, but it's an interactive. There's these blobs and you move them up and down and they change like tone and pitch and key. And it's really interesting as a machine learning experiment okay. and it's cause it's running off of Magenta, which is part of their machine learning okay. uh, uh, software toolkit. So. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I guess some musicians would be skeptical of any sort of technologies, quote unquote, creating music. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because my dad was one of those for a really long time, at least to to talk about it. And then we started talking about the technology behind it. And he's like, well, you know, back in the day, there were these these um, automatic music maker things that were running off of tubes and mm. it was random every time that you turned it on. And so he's like, we've kind of always had this. And then I was my curiosity oh. got peaked because I was like, random, random is very important. And, you know, my world. Right. <laughs> and. <laughs> and and, and I'm like, really, truly random. And he's like, it was random because the tubes were would would change based upon the electrical currents that were going through them and the humidity and the right. just, you know, yeah. they were very organic. And, yeah. 
And he's like, that's what allowed them to be that way. And so he's kind of revived his own personal opinion that, you know, we shouldn't really necessarily push away the technology side of it. The tools are just changing. They're not, you know, the, the, the concepts and the creativity that underlie it aren't going away. It's yeah. just the tools are changing. And yeah. that's, that's how he's um, adapted to it is the best way I can put it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, well, so I wasn't as open-minded in my 20s. So in my 20s, if I'd heard something about that, I probably would have like, oh, that's not real music. But now I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds that's interesting. What, that was my dad in his 30s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was very anti-drum machine and anti all of this. And I was like, but you use a controller because he's a keyboardist, right? right. And he's on the road and, he, and he's got sounds in the controller. And he's like, yeah, but these are real sounds. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that is some splitting hairs, dad. <laughs> <laughs> like okay all right some mental gymnastics but now he's kind of like maybe you know it's just being surrounded by the tech all the time because this mm. is a very tech heavy house okay. like he's just kind of flown flowed with it right and it's right. kind of it's becoming incorporated into part of his own workflows so yeah cool it's really interesting and it's kind of like um you know there was a, a bot that was built that painted like physical paint oh really okay yes and it used machine learning and it created paint and we're not talking about like ugly paintings they were right. aesthetically pleasing to human eyes mm -hmm. and and the same kind of concept could probably be added to things like what dad is doing with his mm -hmm. analog synthesizers since the analog synthesizers are really organic anyway again humidity electricity voltage da, da, da. yeah you yeah. know it's you could probably add a similar thing to that and come out with some pretty interesting outcomes from yeah. the machine learning. So right. I'm really interested in the experimental side of this and the research, mm -hmm. which is part of like, I was like, I have to come up with something that I can do that lets me keep doing research. Right. And that's where BotLab came from. Ah, okay, cool. <laughs> that's, uh... Yeah, it's a really interesting idea. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of tubes, I mean, I'm a guitarist primarily. Uh, I don't have an electric at the moment, but uh, when I do have electric snaps, actually the app I do have, I think it is, it's partially tube based. And that's actually one of the things I've liked about them. You don't always get a good sound out of them, but most days once they warm up and it's yeah. not always exactly the same, it's like, yeah. it'll vary by day, but that's like one of the exciting things about it, which I guess could be one of the exciting things with a machine learning thing. Cause you're not going right. to necessarily get the same thing every time you try and exactly. create something. Yeah. Exactly. You know, well, that's what it's, that's what's, that's what's fun. That's what's fun with the inc incorporating the, the NLP to the bots, because you don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, it's like, they could, they could say some, if you got some dirty da data set, like you could have some cursing going on. Like, right. like one of the early ones that was connected to Reddit just turned into a total racist. Oh, like, yeah, I read about that like, one. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people like, heard about you know, that you one. You have no idea what you're going to get. And it's all dependent on the data set, you know, what you're going to get. Yeah. And the thing is, too, with the, the NLP, you've got users adding their own data into it. So, okay. so like my users in my Discord, if we're not careful and making sure that everybody's, you know, be nice to the bots, y'all. Because <laughs> right. when you're mean to the bots, that becomes data. <laughs> <laughs> and you know if you want like a clean result you know it's you, you gotta you gotta get rid of that kind of stuff like the curse words and everything else yeah and 
Which is, otherwise you'll have a racist Nazi bot and that's not good. And that scares people. Right. So. <laughs> Which oddly is not too dissimilar to how it works with people. Cause a lot yeah. of, you know, the, the environments we grow up in yes. will shape a lot of what, I mean, you, know, you, you can yeah. change, you can, you know, look back and be like, actually, that's not the type of person I want to be, or, you know, Bingo. I want to keep these things. Um, but yeah, that's like a huge impact until you reach a point where you can have the self-awareness, whether it's because you get old enough or, you know, whatever right. sort of work you have to do until you reach that point, like that shapes so much of you. Exactly. And the thing is, that's why, you know, that's one of the things that uh, interests me so much about it is because it is such a beginning learning system. You know, it's like dealing mm -hmm. with like little children <laughs> and teaching <laughs> right. them how we're going to act whenever somebody says hello, you know, yeah. and, you know, don't be rude, please. Thank you. And you're welcome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's a, I, I was reading the article recently about the bot for I forget the publication it might have been seen it. they the the author was mad at his bot because it asked him to be nice to him because he had cursed at the bot and I'm like I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing I mean I I made a smart ass remark I was like well I'm just gonna put a timeout on all of my bots whenever you start cursing at them now it's like you've been bad <laughs> yeah. uh, act like a child be treated like a child <laughs> so but you know i think that's interesting i mean the bots are trying to get us to not be you know assholes and <laughs> right it's and i think that's kind of a thing and i think also from an engineering standpoint we kind of need people to not be that way if we want our bots to be cool and chill because right. if we're not cool and chill our bots are just a reflection of us that's all they are. The data is human data. Yeah, we, we, I'm sure you came across like what was it with the, some of the um, face detection software? They realized that uh, you know it mm -hmm. wasn't like with black people; it just wasn't detecting yes. them right because they hadn't they hadn't yeah. put any black people in the in the training. Oh, I data. know. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating that the data sets are so specific. White white dudes usually in their 30s and from the midwest of america like yeah. even whenever i'm working i was working on mycroft like a couple of weeks ago which is an artificial open source artificial intelligent uh, virtual assistant and i was working on mine and it literally can't understand me because my voice is too high pitched like my <laughs> wow. dad comes in yeah. like, i'm like dad talk to mycroft boom picked it up right away like it's it doesn't even pick up female voices well huh. and part of the reason is they don't have the data sets for it. like there's not like we it as a community it's like we need to go out of our way and be like hey can you say some words into this microphone for me you know right. and yeah. then just upload it and get everybody's data uploaded for that specific thing so that way faces uh voices can be understood by the bots because I mean, we all know it's the stereotype, right? That the, mm. the, the community of tech is largely populated by white dudes and from the Midwest of America. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and I mean, I'm, I'm not hating on that, but we need more, we need more data. You know, we need more from a research standpoint, we need 
much more diversity in there, Absolutely. more data sets. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe that's a project, just collecting data sets of diversity. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good project. Yeah, and even th just beyond the data sets, I mean, we, we need more diversity. Period. Just oh in yeah, the, yeah. In I the mean, obviously. Yeah, no, yeah, I know, I know you it, do. It's, that, yeah, it's it, it's so frustrating that that's what that is. It's like just from an engineering, I'm like, like this is ridiculous. Because like, if I want to do vision right in machine learning, it's like, yeah. like it's. It, uh, you've been to New Orleans. Mm. Like, the majority of the population here isn't doesn't look like me, like, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's like it's so messed up and so biased, <clears throat> like how it's set up, and like it's like the fact that they're trying to incorporate it into to crime solving and mm. stuff like that. Like you can't. It's so biased still. Like not until yeah. the data sets are caught up, and even then, I have question marks adding machine learning into crime solving because right. issues for you know there can bloom for for, for much uh much evil yeah. but you know it's it, it's it, it that's definitely is something that i think that in the future i want to work on like i want to that, that's one of the ideas i had for the bot lab was collecting people's diversity data like i don't mm. know how i can get people and users to record stuff for me and then just store it into a data set yet but right. it is something that i i think we need to do like because we need yeah. to open source it to everybody like everybody has an app on their phone just say these words that come across the screen and then gets uploaded right. you know like something like that and because we we really need that like that's something that the community really really needs like, like i think you know, maybe somewhere down the line, that's something I'll probably work on. Oh, that sounds it's, uh, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's easy working whenever they're just talking to you and it's in text, but whenever a bot has to actually look at you or listen to you, it's it's a whole other ball game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, those are some really interesting ideas you're going to be working on and exploring. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the whole plan for the bot lab is it's the the seed for research and development of open sourcing things like this, you know, and then also funding it because right. fund funding the research is another issue, especially as you know I'm just me, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not attached to an, to any you know Google or a university or anything right. like that, and but I also think though that's okay. And I think there needs to be more people who are willing to dip their toes into research, realizing that you can do it too. You don't yeah. have to be in the re research fields. Now you could just do it on your own, on your own time with your own machines or renting <laughs> machines or whatever else, since everything's yeah. cloud now. Um, and the resources are there and all the knowledge is there. Like, cause there's a lot of open source information and we're constantly publishing publicly papers on research and machine learning. Right. So it's, it's there. And I don't think people realize that you can, you have the power at your fingertips. Right. You just have to, you just have to dive in. You know, it's all there. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of people are used to, cause I know with certain fields, you end up hitting a lot of paywalls. Like you could probably find abstracts easily enough, but if oh, you want yeah. to dig more into it, then usually if you're not attached to an institution in some form, you have, can yes. have a hard time. Or either you're paying for like the the journal articles, or you're paying for a book that summarizes right. or, or that sort of thing. Which and unfortunately, it's supposed to help that everyone. That does but, happen. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing that 
I, I think that I could bring to the table with that is Google it with PDF after it, whatever the I paper yeah, is. That <laughs> yeah, that is a great option. <laughs> because, find all sorts of goodies. <laughs> because not everything, you're right. 100% of them are probably not going to be accessible without paying a fee, right? But the vast majority of them are, or you can at least get around to people's blogs and their own personal research that will help fill the gaps. Yeah. Like you, you might have to do a little bit more mental legwork when you're researching, mm -hmm. but not that much more. It's not like you have right. to go to the library and pull a card catalog anymore. Like there's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There are children being raised that don't remember what, don't even know what card catalogs are. So like, oh. like, like, you no, know, come to think of it, mine probably don't know what those are. Either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's shocking. Cause I miss the library, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but you know, I wonder it, if that's part of it. Like, because it seems like other fields have more pay, but you're talking like yeah. this field it seems like there's a lot more availability. Uh, yes. I think in computer science in general, there's probably a lot more availability, but yeah, maybe it's, we've gotten used to that barrier. Right. It's extremely available and and accessible. And if you can read and write, you can do this. I've always right. said that you just it, it's the motivation and the the willingness to understand you're going to sit down and you're going to trudge through it. You're not going to understand it first, but you will eventually. You're, yeah. You just got to get through it, you know. And, and and I think people can, you know, there's a lot we as a society, as the human race, we will grow more when we yes. accept that, yes. you know, when we accept that everybody can take part in the research, everybody can take part in experimentation and all of this. It's not just some higher echelons in the university. It's us. It's yeah. me and you. It's regular people. And, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the big parts that I was doing with the bot lab, one of my buddies who's in there with me, he's getting started and he's so overwhelmed by there's so much information and there's so many places that want to take his money. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> right. dude, I'm like, dude, dude, start, start here. Free code camp. Do right. Right. <laughs> like, just go to free code camp Just start there because everybody will take your money. It's the internet, yep. <laughs> but they don't you don't have to go that route and it's not always exactly. the easiest route either you know yeah. it's a i've experienced a, a couple of those right after the pandemic hit uh code academy came through my thing and i was like yeah okay let's go look over there and see what they're doing right. and they and i went through i think their first course on python and they it's so lacking like mm -hmm. i feel like it's and they want you to pay for that. It's not that you can't learn that way. You can, right. but you're paying for information that's already freely available. Right. <laughs> like that's the part that I was like, what is the extra that you're giving me here? This G this GUI where you've got a fake terminal that I can pull up on my own computer. Like, like that's not it's disingenuous and okay. uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. And that's what bothers me about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, we need to bring it home like people for one don't be afraid of your terminal on your computer yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to explode guys right yeah okay it's a uh, you know and and i think there's part of that we've we've abstracted away computer science and coding and programming into this whole other thing and i still meet people who don't use terminal or command line ever right. they never touch it and i'm like never like never ever like you never ever ever have to touch your command <laughs> <Right>. line <laughs> and i'm like do you understand how your file structures work <laughs> and right you know and it's like 
and I understand that if you're making WordPress, you don't necessarily need to, to know that. But if you want to get deeper into it, mm -hmm. you're probably going to want to need to know that. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, especially if you're dealing with C. Python's really handy, I find, it, working with it through Termo. You know, okay. It's, you know, it's, that, that's one of those things that I'm like, I really wish they placed more emphasis on and less emphasis on, hey, play with our GUI in a browser because it's yeah. a sandbox. And yeah, it's safe and your computer's not going to explode, but it was never going to explode on your own personal terminal either. <laughs> right, so exactly. Yeah. You might as well just get used to what's real instead of this abstracted away thing that's not real, you know, and sandboxed, badly sandboxed. Right. Yeah, and, those are good points. Yeah. Uh, I told you I got opinions too. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, I used to because, like I said, I got into actually doing software stuff late. Um, so I used to be nervous about doing terminal stuff because i was like oh i don't know how to do that um mm -hmm. and then uh after i started doing the the cs program um it, it was after i'd finished it and then i decided i was like you know what there's other things i thought i couldn't do and then i tackled them and it was fine so i was like i'm gonna tackle the terminal and i found some free again free resources i found some free resources like a free crash course and it was the, i think the one that helped me get started was oh, i forget is it, is it zed shaw he does a, like learn python the hard yeah. way learning yeah and he's got in one of the one of the free sections he's got a, an appendix and all he does is like do this type these commands just go through this type everything i tell you to because it's going to help you get started and then right. play around and you're not going to break your computer but this will yeah. get you enough and then and then play and, and that's what i did now now i feel weird like i mean i don't use the terminal as much currently um but like I like having the option, right. <laughs> even, even if I don't need See, it for what I'm doing, I want it around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, much like I'm not like, you know, oh, there's only one code. No, I'm also not like yeah. there's only one IDE either. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, dude, use what you need to use. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, I'll use, I'll have like right now on my computer, I have Sublime Text, uh, mm -hmm. PyCharm and, <laughs> and, um, uh, uh, visual code open, yeah. you know, and there's a terminal open over there too. So it's, you know, it's like, I have, it, it's all over the place for different reasons. Like, you know, it's just certain things are easier to control doing it through an abstraction. And I get yeah. that, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not anti that it's just, I find that whenever I come across a programmer, especially if I'm interviewing them mm -hmm. and they've never touched the terminal they're going to probably have a hard time understanding git and right yeah that's gonna that's gonna be an issue it's like just because just version control guys that's all like i just want to keep the versions good you know i'm not gonna like freak out on anybody <laughs> if you if you push the wrong things right but, but you know it happens we all screw up i screw up i still screw up and get but right but it's but such it's a like, useful thing to have. Right. Yeah. It's such a useful thing to have. And I'm like, this is a free tool, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, like use it, know it, understand it. And you know what? If you need, if you need to use a GUI for it, go ahead. I'm okay. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you know, it's understanding that and understanding, you know, your version control is yeah. I feel like really important for development. Like if you're going to work projects from beginning to end and now yeah. to clarify though most of my experience though is going to be in startups so okay. we're yeah. talking small teams not giant enterprises um, and in small teams 
you know, you it's paramount that you get that right. Like, you know, we're, we're not, you know, you, you have to, especially if you're pushing live stuff, like you have to get that kind of stuff right. Because if you don't get it yeah. right, your customers are going to bitch. And they're going <laughs> right. to bitch a lot. And it's going to be hard. And let's make it as easy as possible. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of curious. So being in startups, I guess you've had a chance a few times to see a product from start to somewhere yeah. along, not necessarily finished, because I mean, things are always changing, but from start to usable production. Usable. Yeah, production yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I have a few times, mostly in crypto and, okay. you know, and also deploying websites for, for clients and stuff like that. The, you know, it's, it's always fun. I, it's one of my favorite things. Really, okay. it's it's it's. I love the process. Like I really, really, I really love the process. I love building projects from beginning to end, and all of the 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 the, the bumps in the road along the way. They all just add okay. flavor to the whole thing, and it makes it, <laughs> it makes it a good experience for me. And I just, yeah, I really like it. And it's one of the other reasons I started up Bot Lab again. Yeah, well for the first times because it's I wanted something I could work on again that's gonna be you know from beginning to end deploying and it's like I miss it and that's what I really missed out of just working in web development a lot of times I just come in I fix something for somebody and then I float away after I get paid and I never touch it again (laughs) right and and that kind of thing and I'm like you know this is not fulfilling (laughs) right and it's uh it's and i like startup culture in a way and i guess you could say in a way it's hustle culture but i like the creativity behind it and Mm -hmm. i love that you know the people that you bring into those projects a lot of times it's their first project it's their first real gig and i love working with newbies like that's my favorite okay (laughs) <laughs> it's like if you've been in it for a long time, you kind of get a little jaded, a smidge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like just a little bit. You the magic isn't quite there as much, or it's rare for people to hold on to it for any length of time. Right. It's like the newbies, it's still magic to them, you know. And yeah, yeah there it's they're still open to innovation and they're still open to to learning the new thing rather than just staying with the one thing that they know really well and they get paid real whole lot of money for doing that at enterprise. Right. Um, yeah, I I'd really like that though. I like that startup culture stuff. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound fun. I was uh um ended up like I said I had ended up not working in actual computer science yet. At some point I'll do something related to it. Um but when I was thinking about if I wanted to look at startups or not initially cuz sometimes they'll get the reputation of like basically overworker like you said sometimes like kind of like hustle culture and at mm-hmm. that time I was like I'm not really like like I don't mind working yeah. a job. I don't mind working hard, but I'm not going to do I don't want to work for some place where they're like here work 80 hours. So like I just I avoided it. Yeah, there are places that do that. I mean, yeah. there are companies and startups that do that. And they're caught up in it for the money reason. Right. <laughs> you know, that they're I've never I've never worked for a project that was that bad when I never ran a project that was right. that bad. I was always like, "Oh, you take the time off you need to take off." Right. You know, yeah. Don't overwork yourself. Are you sick? Stay home. Stay in bed. Don't touch yeah. your computer. You know, and and that kind of thing. So it, the thing is, you get more out of people if you know you treat them like humans. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It, there's. I think people watch TV and they watch like devs and startup and they think that's real life and they should act like that. And I'm right. like, that's 
some dramatization stuff and we should probably treat people like human beings and not like you know machines that you can just toss out yeah um, exactly i was listening to a talk by someone might have been alan Holla, but um anyways and he was saying how some of these management theories that have come in they're basically management theories that were based around you know the the industrial revolution so those all these notions of how you treat machines yes and then people were like Oh, we can we can we can manage people like this too, but we're not machines. So it's like right. it's resulted in these shitty working environments and yeah, toxic no. cultures and all sorts of problems, and like we're yeah, still suffering I, the consequences of it. I, I hate that. Like I really do. That's the main reason that I left crypto is because it came, became just absolutely toxic. Mm. I originally got into crypto because of technology, because big nerd. But right. <laughs> yeah, um, but it turned into just it's a money thing. Like they it, yeah. they're solely focused on the money and i get it everybody's chasing a bag because we got bills but there's a line there's a limit there there should be anyway there should be a line there should be a limit and i don't think everybody has a line or a limit and and they end up in positions of power and they're just they're pushing people and you just in my experience if you push people and you dehumanize them and you treat them like that they're going to become resentful quit and say bad things about you (laughs) (laughs) right and that's never good like i think that's probably pretty bad in the long run you want people to say good things about you yeah exactly and have and maybe stay you know be a long-term team player (laughs) it's a lot cheaper to train some one person one time than it is to train several people several times right and then even if they're moving to different roles within your organization they still have so much knowledge of how your organization works exactly and especially in startups like Mm. you you don't have a lot of resources so everybody touches everything right and you know and it's it's weird and messed up and i'm like can't you see how treating these people badly is creating a worse environment the public doesn't like how you treat people right like your own pr is bad because of how you're treating people and i think I think some places are trying to change. I mean, I know Google's been in the news recently for being racist again, but but I wonder if that's if that's just blind blowing off. Because I've also seen like like Google trying really hard to be inclusive and raising their diversity and 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 things like that. So I don't know. But then again, it's a massive company. So yeah. certainly there's going to be horrible racist douchebags who work there. Yeah. Um, but there's probably not company policy. It's my guess. You know, mm. it's uh and out like Amazon, like they're another one who who keeps getting in, in the press for for treating people badly. Right. And I mean, yeah, I guess there is the point that they they output a lot. You know, they do put out a lot. They develop a lot. You know, both of these companies do. They, you know, a lot of our infrastructure is because of their work. And there's just, there has to be a line though, where they stop treating people that badly. Like there has to be eventually, eventually there's going to be competition Mm -hmm. that doesn't do that. And then they're going to have to change how they, how they actually are. And I do wonder how much is, that we hear is blind blowing off steam because there's a lot of toxic on blind, like okay, just, right. just in general. I don't know. Have you been to blind? <laughs> no, it's a, no. Um, it's a blind is for 
uh, mostly enterprise, large companies and software where they can go in and you're completely anonymous and you can talk about your business, how much money you make okay. and, and stuff like that. They recently got into a lot of heat because somebody was saying that they they are a hiring manager for Google and they absolutely um are harder on their people of color candidates and and something else that has opened a lot of people's eyes people talk about how much money they make okay okay right lots of money and the there's a big disparity between people of who are white middle middle america right dudes and everybody (laughs) else yeah so there's uh so i recommend blind if you want to if you want to dip your toe into that sort of drama i don't know how much you can trust blind though is my right. point yeah it's because it's like it's another social media platform you know it's you know it's just like it, it's their version of hot takes it seems like okay right it, it could be true hot takes can be real but but they can also just be for you know the internet points yeah and that's true so so i don't know but I know yeah, it's messed up. We shouldn't yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of practices that happen in industry, not just in tech industry. Other other oh, corporations yeah. do it too. That definitely need to change. But and then yeah, it can almost feel overwhelming because you know, on the individual levels, we're like, oh, I'm just little me, and here you have this whole corporation. Like, well, what do I do? Right. Um, but it seems and like then, there are movements and that the are thing working is, towards things. You know, if you want to be that person that you know you're chasing the money, like right. that's where you want to go. End up, you yeah. know. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to go and work for Google just because I want to have their resources. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like they have all the greatest tech. They got it right there at their fingertips, you know? Yeah. And, and then you get to but, play with tech that's not public too if you work exactly. for someone like that, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, I have honest, I've thought about it. I absolutely have, you know? It's, uh, you know, I can see the draw, but, you know, I really would like to see them, every, all of them, to publicly be less, you know, oriented towards treating people like machines, yeah. you know, in every way too. And it's, they got to stop doing that, all of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, big topics. Yeah, no, I told you, I told you I have opinions. <laughs> oh, no, this has been great. Uh, yeah, no, it's been great. Actually, yeah. so just mentioning startups again and hearing you talk about, but I, I'd also seen uh, some of the people who are running startups on Twitter. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, actually, some of these people actually seem like really decent. Maybe I wouldn't mind working for a startup. So I've actually started to think maybe at some point I'll I'll actually look for a startup somewhere around and, and give it a try. I recommend trying it, really. It's you might like it. You might like yeah. the culture. And yeah. The thing is, they're all going to be different. Like, right. And you're going to have the hustle culture ones, and then you're going to have the we're a family ones. Right. And hopefully you land on the one that works best for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. It's it's not all, not everybody is so money oriented. Right. You know, like some people are just in it for the tech. You know, they're Mm -hmm. they're there because, hey, this is fun. And I can pay my electric bill doing this. You know, know, it's not about the Lambo, like that they don't have those aspirations. And, you know, those those exist. They might be kind of unicorn-like, but they do exist. Right, yeah. You know, especially with everything being so open source now. Like you're seeing a lot of startups come up who are literally just taking repos off of GitHub and then putting their own name on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're, 
and they are the if they those are the ones that I feel like are probably more likely to be your money ones. You know, if you are vetting companies, I would, I would, you know, ask them where they're getting their, their research from and where, you know, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, it's like, is any of it open source? You know, can you talk about where you're getting your research from? Can you talk about where, you know, your software development, you know, those are the kinds of questions I would ask if I was trying to get a job at one. Okay. Yeah. Those are good points. It's like, here's a red flag in crypto land. If the only thing that they have is a white paper, run away, like, <laughs> like be, be scared okay. because there's a very good chance that there is not one single line of code written for that coin. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> okay. <yeah. right. laughs> so, it, or, or if there is, it's just a Bitcoin uh, clone. That's it. And they just copied and pasted it and changed the name in it. That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Chasing uh, money will get people into trouble. Yes. So that's that's the biggest thing. It's like if you're doing the startup in tech, do your own due diligence and research if you can. And okay. if they're shady about it, like right. unless they're developing technology for the military, they shouldn't be that shady about it. Right. You know. So it's uh if they are, then to me personally big red flag. Yeah. That's no, that makes sense. Flag. That's that's I whenever I walk away and I'm like, no, I'm gonna go play with my bots. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. So we are getting close to time. Um any you you've mentioned bot lab several times, but um anything you want to plug? Um really just bot lab. Uh come come join, be a part of the data set of open sourcing you know, uh, artificial intelligence research. <laughs> um, we'll, te- we'll help you do anything that you're working on. If you're working on front end stuff, you know, we've got resources for that. If you're doing, you know, Java, uh, Android applications, that's cool too. You know, um, I'm not afraid of any code. So you're allowed to come in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> you awesome. know, if you have questions about anything or you're stumped on your project and you're just like, God, somebody help me. I need a fresh pair of eyes. Come on right. in. We'll, we'll help you with that. So we're, we're really open to anybody coming in and talking about their code, building a community of developers for developers by developers to support other developers. That's awesome. It's, you know, it's, and I'm not going to like go in there and be like, buy my book. You're allowed to come in and, and, and and just talk. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) uh, if If I do write a book, Everybody in my Discord will get a discount code. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Another incentive to join. Yeah, there you go. Another incentive to join. <laughs> yeah, I'm in there now. So I'm looking forward to as I'm having time, got some work projects coming up. So I won't be as active in the near future, probably, but I'm looking to looking forward to getting into it and learning some more stuff. So and then if you want, do you want me to put like a link to that once I do once I do get the show up and running and launched? Sure, if you don't if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. That would be great because I I do think that if I can get more people in there, I can harvest some data sets. That would be awesome. You know, it's uh, and by the way, if you're in there, you're probably going to have your your conversation data harvested to help train bots. Oh, that's fine. I don't mind that. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, especially if you're in um. If you go into the the, the bot lab room, like I uh-huh. have it set up specifically for testing and stuff. So if you go okay. in there and you start chit chatting, okay. bots are going to be listening to you. So, okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, um, no, other than that, um, 
I, I can fix your WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Got to plug yeah, the freelance yeah. work too, right? Yeah, yeah, I can freelance for you. I can do pretty much anything within reason, you know. Um, um, I will not hack. I'm not hacking and I'm not building you a coin. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah those, are, those are my limits. Awesome. Well, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too. No problem. This has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. All right, take Same. care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Connect with Colleen. Uh, go check out the Bot Lab on Discord. The link for that and for Colleen's Twitter will be in the show description. Bye for now. Thank you.